Hi, I'm a dad mom. That means while my wife works, I'm at home being awesome. I know there's a lot of mom moms that are out there that look at my unique mixture of masculinity and nurturing and they find it quite alluring. And I know that there's dads who are out there who are astonished with my ability to dress a four-year-old. But here's a real kicker. I can take even the frilliest girl dress and fold it with complete accuracy. Boom. And with Tide Boost, I can use the brute strength of dad to mix with the nurturing abilities of my laundry detergent. Now, if you excuse me, I'm gonna go do pull-ups and crunches in the other room. Tide Boost is my tide. What's yours? Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Women Who Rock With Success, which is an award-winning show for professional women. We profile a collective of amazing women who are thriving to build their brand. Women are handpicked in various fields who can provide credible information to build your business and lifestyle. We are live each Thursday at 9 a.m. Central Time, followed by our latest brand, Women Who Rock Investigates. To learn more about us, go to our website at www.womenwhorockwithsuccess.com. Now, let's join our podcast host in the studio, Mrs. Diane Winbush. Hello, everybody. Welcome. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Still morning here um, in, in our state, and um, good morning, and welcome to the show. Thanks uh, for everyone for tuning in today. And so today we're going to be talking about event planning. Um, this is um, around the season and the time for it. You know, everybody's taking their vacations. Everybody is looking for the, the perfect venue to be able to set up for that designed event. And so today, to be able to help us to understand just a little bit more and better as to how to plan a perfect event, we have in the studio Mrs. Shay Week. So good morning. Good morning, good morning. Excited to be here. Thank you so much. So we're excited as well to be able to learn a little, because all of us, I think all of us as women, we try to you know, put this together, put that together, try to put this on that one, and then sometimes we may have the wrong type of format of the way of doing it. So we are so delighted for you to be in the studio to be able to help us a little bit to understand better, okay? And so our events can come out to be even more impeccable. So tell us a little bit about you and how you got started and and, and what kind of compelled you to be able to do event planning uh, for your clients and for your customers. Yeah, absolutely. So I, I always say I, I think I kind of fell into it in a sense. Okay. Um, I was like, I was just going and I was speaking and I'm trying to figure stuff out. I'm like in a network marketing company and I'm a Reiki master okay. and, you know, I'm just kind of like a hodgepodge of things, right? Trying to okay. find okay. my way in the world. <laughs> okay, and, great, uh, great. Yeah, you know, I was... Uh, I was just, you know, speaking. Um, it was a multi-speaker event, and I was messing around with the guy in front of me that had my microphone. And I'm like, hey, dude, don't go spitting on my mic. <laughs> and he's like, you're funny. Who are you? <laughs> okay. And so I was like, oh, you know, come to find out. He was the head of education for Dr. Oz's nonprofit. And I was like, oh, wow, I met his sister, Saval, 
at Maria Shriver's okay. Women's Conference, which was a women's conference that the First Lady of California would put on. Mm-hmm. And I kid you not, mm-hmm. like this event was crazy. It was 14,000 tickets sold out in 14 <gasps> minutes. It was amazing, okay. right? Okay. Yeah. So okay. I obviously didn't get a ticket and I went and volunteered, hence the reason how I met Saval. And I didn't know mm-hmm. who she was, right? She was just kind of, she was hobbling along because she had like a, a cast, a boot on. And I was like, hey, do you okay. need help getting to your seat? And, you know, kind of struck up a conversation and got to know her from there. And so the head of education for Dr. Oz's nonprofit was like, that's so funny. She's best friends with our CEO and we're doing a women's conference. You should help us. And so I was like, um, okay, yeah, let's do it. Okay. <laughs> wow. And so, you know, that's how I got started. I was in charge of over 70 speakers and over 100 volunteers. And, you know, that was my first gig as an associate producer for events. Wow, that is so awesome. You just kind of bumped into one person and it kind of opened up a door for you in order to you to be able to meet other individuals and then you were able to, wow, that is so awesome. Okay, okay, maybe I need to trip over some people too. <laughs> that is so impeccable. <laughs> I like that right there. Wow, I like happen. that. Exactly, exactly. That is so awesome. So now, Shay, you know sometimes when it comes to individuals planning events, you have, um, you will have those that perhaps maybe deal with the with the with the immediate or medium um, level type of, um, of events or what have you. You have some. You know, I have ran into some some women. They plan the event. They're not even there. They just plan it. They get paid for just planning the event, and they go back to the house and sit down, and they don't have to get no feedback or anything. They just plan it. And so you have other uh, professionals where they plan for weddings. They plan for other different types of um, um, of, of outreach events. Some so this is going to be the reason why I'm bringing that up. This is going to be for the next question. So what type of event? should a professional um, uh, be doing based on the level of business that they're doing? You know, just like that's the reason why I kind of brought a few of those examples. Up at first, you have individuals, they do weddings. They're professionals that do weddings. And then you have some that, you know, like, like I stated before, I have ran into some women. Look, I don't, I don't get into that. I don't pour no coffee. I don't pour no tea. All I do is articulate and design it just like an architect, and I go back to the house. So share with us mm-hmm. as to, you know, what 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 type of event should an individual be based on? Because it does matter. You know, everybody can't be in the same room. I guess I, that would be something that I would like to add, too. Sometimes we think we can do event planning for everything, but everybody is not cut out mm-hmm. for the same thing. So what type of event should be based on the level of business? Yeah, yeah, some really good questions in there. So um, just a little background on who we are. Uh, if you're not familiar with okay. myself and Grace and Ease Productions, we support our clients in creating powerful and profitable events because there's a difference between mm-hmm. profitable and non-profitable. So we really focus right. on making them profitable. <laughs> okay, and great. we okay. do... We do things like 
whether they're in person or they're virtual live, it can be 50 people in a one-day event to over 4,000 attendees like in some of our three-day events. And we collaborate with mainly people that are speakers, coaches, expert thought leaders who are looking mm -hmm. to leverage and scale their business instead of going one-on-one -on -one okay. conversations of gaining clients, they want to go one-to-many and they're looking to leverage their business. So our team handles okay. all the planning, the speaker, the sponsor support, the production of these virtual live and in-person events to really create um, experiential, revenue generating, and exciting events for our attendees. Because, you mm -hmm. know, we what we've noticed is there's a lot of people in pain. You know, whether they are right. trying to lose weight or they're, you know, trying to figure out their business or their relationship mm -hmm. or find the, the love of their life, there's people in pain. And all of mm -hmm. my speakers and experts know how to get them out of that pain. And what we mm -hmm. do is we really support them in reaching the masses and, and getting on a larger stage that allows them to find their ideal client talk to okay. them, um, show them the gap, show them how they can support them. Okay. And then we know that a percentage of people are like, yes, you are my coach. Yes, you're the person that can help me get out of this pain. Yes, I okay. want to move forward okay. with you. And that's how we end up supporting our clients in creating these revenue generation, um, purpose-driven paydays, so to speak, um, and growing their business. So instead of having to do a whole bunch of launches and having to do a whole bunch of one-on-one -on -one conversations, we're leveraging mm -hmm. their time, scaling their business, and allowing them to have more impact. So that's really what we okay. focus on. I, I have done a wedding before. However, okay. it was for one of my clients, and she had a <laughs> <Okay>. wedding planner. <laughs> and okay. I came okay. in more for, like, the hybrid experience. So it was like a destination, and it really wasn't just a wedding because she had sponsors at her wedding. <laughs> She's kind of a well-known okay. celebrity um, in certain areas. Okay. And so, you know, that was the only time that I've really done a wedding. Otherwise, I really focus on sales and enrollment events. Okay. Okay, great, great. That's wonderful. So, um, and I think you perhaps maybe have already answered this question, this next question that I'm about to, to, to give to you, but we can still see if we can be able to go back over this again. So, so yeah. how do, how do, how does the, um, I guess the professional get the attendance to their event? Of course, we know the number one way to get them is to hire you. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, how do, yeah, they got to hire somebody, okay? I always try to make sure I tell my guests, and then I also reflect that, that back to the audience as well, is that, um, you know, that's the purpose of it. You have to be able to um, um, put something out in order to get something back in as well. And so that's very, very important because if you if you look, if an individual is perhaps maybe looking for something where, oh, well, you know, I may want to be, be it to be free, well, that's what you're going to kind of perhaps maybe get in a return to, ROI. You're going to get mm -hmm. it back probably mm -hmm. free. 
So um, it's very, very important that we do um, hire a professional to make sure that we are on the right. You know, because someone, look, Shay, someone can come in the room, they can say, well, look, look, I I can tell who set this up. I know this was not a professional that that set this event up. And we want to make sure that the women are setting the events up and making sure that they have a coach, a professional to be able to come in and be able to sit down and plan this with them so they can be able to uh, make the right uh, moves and strategies to be able to make sure that their events are successful, of course. So would you like to yeah. add to that in yeah. regards to yeah, how do the professional gets attendance to the events? You know, that can, can be a little struggle. Sometimes we use social media, LinkedIn. We think these things will be, but sometimes you can get the wrong individuals there, too, if we use, you know, platforms and everybody may not be catered to that specific event. Sometimes people want to, and let let me explain, and then I'm going to let you answer. I promise you I will. So we was at a BNI event, a business, and that's a global type of um, uh, networking um, entity where individuals go in, they socialize, they talk about business and what have you. And so come to find out it was someone that did not belong in the room. And you best better believe those professionals went in there and they removed her from that event some kind of way. And so that's something that we want to try to prohibit individuals, our professionals, of not going or or enrolling, entering, or registering, or signing up, or being invited to something where you know that you're not in the right classroom, basically what I'm trying to say. And so how does the individual, the professional, get the attendance to their events? Yeah, yeah. Well, there's a couple of things that you've mentioned in there. Um, One, hiring a professional to really support you. I mean, you are an expert in your niche, right? You, whether you're helping people lose weight or get into that little black dress again, or you're somebody who helps them with their finances, or you're somebody that um, supports them in growing their business or speaking techniques Mm -hmm. or whatever, right? You are, you're an Mm -hmm. expert in that field. You're not an expert in planning and producing events. A lot of our clients use events like this once or twice a year. So it is not their specialty. Mm -hmm. It's not something they focus on all day, every day. So that's one reason Mm -hmm. to definitely bring in a professional because we're going to tell you all the ins and outs, and we're going to be safeguarding you of not losing your shirt (laughs) because it can get expensive. But to touch on, you know, how in the world do we fill the room? That is probably one of the the biggest questions I get most often. And people are like, I I just feel like I'm throwing spaghetti at the wall when I'm trying to fill my event. And the way that we combat that is we end up creating what's called um, a ticket map. So if your Mm -hmm. audience were to take a piece of paper, and they were to, you know, draw out on this piece of paper, we're going to look at five columns. The first Mm -hmm. column is going to be the opportunity or the ticket source. What are all the ways that you plan on filling your event? Are you going to be sending an email out to your email list? Are you sending an email to your list about um, a webinar that you're hosting? Are you going to be a speaker sponsor at somebody else's event that has your ideal audience in their audience? Mm -hmm. Are you going to be asking for referrals? 
Are you going to, maybe you have like product sales that you've done in the past or lower ticket items, maybe something that's $47, $197, you know, under $1,000 that you've sold people before mm -hmm. and you want to gift them or bonus them a ticket because they purchased <laughs> that um, program with you. They get a complimentary ticket that they just have to, mm -hmm. you know, say, yes, I'm coming. Do you want, another ticket source would be speaking engagements right? Um, you want to go where your ideal audience lives. And you want to be thinking about, okay, who is sidelined to my business? Who is adjacent to me? And who's before me and after me? So if my ideal audience is, for instance, if I were to do a speaking engagement, and mm -hmm. I notice that sideline to me is an AV company, AV companies and my company, we serve the same audience. So if an AV company okay. was hosting an event or they were doing something where they had a podcast or they had a Facebook Live or they were doing a summit or they were doing a webinar and I could be a speaker on their stage, that would be a great opportunity for me, okay? Um, okay. They would also be a great joint venture partner. You know, maybe uh, my request is I go to my AV company and I say, hey, would you host me to your list? Would you send out an mm -hmm. email saying, you know, I'm getting my event expert team on here to answer your questions on, you know, what type of event you should be doing based on the level of business that you're in right now, or how do you fill a room, or what have you, right? All the different ways, that first column, all the different ways that you plan on filling your event. The second column okay. is, is going to be the anticipated number of prospects. Essentially, how many people are going to be in the room at the time of you delivering that talk? So if you were doing a webinar and you expect 30 people to be in the room, or you're doing a speaking engagement and you expect 50 people in the room or 10 people in the room, whatever the number is, you kind of put that in the second column. The okay. third column is going to be your anticipated conversion. Now, this is a percentage of what we expect people, percentage-wise, for people to pick up a ticket for your event. Mm -hmm. So, for instance, if you're doing a webinar, we likely see, you know, about a 10% conversion. Um, if you were doing, you know, sending a ticket to your previous um, people that picked up your products before or lower-level programs, we see a little bit higher percentage. We see about a 30% um, claim their ticket, if not higher, because they already know, like, and trust you. They've already said yes to you, and they want to see what the next level is of working with you could look like. So I've seen, a, you know, okay. 50, 70% on those ones even, but I like to be conservative. Um, okay. Speaking engagement, we see anywhere from 10 to 30%. So we just kind of take a look at what is the percentage. And then that gives us, in the fourth column, your projected ticket sales. And so that okay. is it's just kind of easy business math. And then the fifth column is going to be the total projected tickets. So, you know, essentially adding them all up line by line. So that's how okay. we strategically look at filling the room. And what this allows you to do is it essentially gives you a roadmap. That's why we call it a ticket map. It's a roadmap mm -hmm. of filling your room. And as you start to do this, you'll notice, you're like, oh, okay, wow, that webinar was really amazing. Like, 
We expected 10% okay. conversion. We expected 30 people in the room. We ended up having 50 people in the room and 20% conversion. Maybe we need to do mm -hmm. another webinar to fill the room because our audience really enjoyed that, right? So it's kind right. of a living, breathing document that you continue to tweak and adjust as you are leading into your event. Now, depending on the type of event you're looking to host, if you're looking to support um, like as a, a lead generation for you or is it a sales and enrollment event for you? What is the intention and purpose behind it? Um, will determine kind of what, what you go heavier on on your opportunities or your ticket sources and finding your audience. So that's really what we focus on with our clients is like, okay, let's fill out the map. Now you just go and deliver upon the map. You go make it happen. You go find the speaking gigs. You go find the joint venture partner calls. And then we strategically go, okay, how did that work out? What do we need to tweak and adjust? Okay, great. Go do another one, right? But you have a map that's going to mm -hmm. support you in hitting your goal. Wow. That is awesome. That is so awesome. And so you this next question is going to be a challenge question for you, but I don't see if it is. But uh, we still want to be able to uh, help our listeners to be able to grasp the difference between the two. And so we try to adjust the question where it's um, the paid versus the free because we're trying to help um, individuals understand it. And, and everybody uses different types of online software. So if you would, a little bit about the difference between paid and free. So we know that people use Eventbrite. That's a, one of the main sources that individuals may use. Um, not for sure if it's going to pack the room the way yours does. <laughs> Things like yours is a very, very uh, comprehensive uh, plan to be able to help. It's more like a, a basically like a follow-through to make sure that the professional is getting everything that they need. So share with us a little bit. If you if that's something that you would uh, feel comfortable in discussing. Sorry, you were cutting out there just a little bit. Can you give me the question one more time? Okay, that's fine. Okay, so share with us a little bit. I guess what you're going to get more in the package of a paid of a paid event planner versus something that we have to do manually, such as online software uh, programs. I don't want to. I, I did say event right, but I'm not here to kind of criticize. Um, any um, 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 software that uh, individuals perhaps maybe use or whatever. Sometimes individuals perhaps maybe um, um, uh, do well with Eventbrite, but I want to be able to sh uh, share with the audience the uh, difference in, um, I guess, the, the return um, on the profit regards, regards versus, you know, using something that is a software online platform. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think it really kind of comes down to um, preference. Um, I don't, I don't mm -hmm. think any of my clients really use Eventbrite just because they have their own CRM, um, their own client right. management systems, and their own, you know, okay. email campaigns that they send out. So they do a lot of tracking that way. They also have the payment gateways and the systems all intertwined into their systems on the back end, so they don't really use a Eventbrite per se. But if you didn't have okay. that, then you would need something, right? You need a Stripe. You need right. a way to process the cost of the ticket. 
versus if you were doing a free ticket um, to your event. Now, when you're looking at a free versus paid ticket, you do want to be aware of some of the numbers, right? So we notice that when somebody has a, a paid ticket, you will have probably 70, 80, 90% of those um, paid ticket holders actually show up to your event, which is important to know your show ratios. Um, we see, you know, if you have a comp ticket, so those tickets that were complementary to people that have already purchased your lower level programs or your products, we see those about 50 to 70% will show up. But if you're doing a free ticket, we see probably 10 to 15% of people showing up from a free ticket. So what that means is when you're doing your ticket map, you need to have a lot bigger reach and numbers in order to have the same amount of people in the room as you would for a paid ticket holder, right? right. So it goes back to what is the intention of the event? What does the event promise? Um, regardless of the type of event you do and regardless if you're making an offer during the event to join you in your program, we want to make sure that you have an event promise that people can walk away with actually gaining value and having next mm -hmm. steps. I'm not a fan of the events where, oh yeah, come to my event, come to my 90-minute webinar, okay. come to my master class, come to my three days, right. and they just go, right. yeah, so here's you know the three things that I've taught for five minutes and the rest of the time is sale, 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 like we don't do that. <laughs> okay. We want to Perfect. give value that you can literally go, okay, I can see if I can figure it out on my own. It's going to take you more time. It's going to take you more energy. It's going to take you probably more resources than hiring mm -hmm. the expert to do it for you. But you mm -hmm. technically could do it. And mm -hmm. we also know that there's people out there going, I don't have the time. Like, just tell me what I'm supposed mm -hmm. to do, and I will do it, right? And so that's how our clients really support the ones that are ready to go, yes, you're my coach. You're the one that's going to help me. Um, let's move forward. Let's make this happen. I'm ready to get out of this pain. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. So when it comes to virtual and hybrid or in person, what would be the better choice for a professional to be able to consider, especially like we're in the summertime, okay, of course we've got a lot of traveling that is going on. So when it, when it comes to event planning, when it comes to events, what would be the best choice for a professional to engage in? Would it be the hybrid, the in-person, or the virtual? Yep, yeah. So um, I essentially have more questions to ask. So I would go to the professional and say, okay, great. Where is your audience base? Do you have an international audience? Do you have an audience that's just within the United States? Or do you have an audience that's mainly local to you? That's going to help determine whether it makes sense to be in-person, virtual, live, or hybrid. Um, what I've seen happen for our audiences and our clients over the past couple of years is virtual has been extremely profitable for them for a couple of different mm -hmm. reasons. Um, one, they could do it from the comfort of their own home or their home office. Um, I've not only 
done, you know, just straight in front of their camera um, at their office. And then I've also built studios in their home office. So we can have multiple screens and we can have, you can see all the people on Zoom that are in your event. You can have a team member there that's going to help you with the AV. You can see your PowerPoint. You can see um, the chat. Mm -hmm. You can see the countdown timer. You can, like, it's, you are in a studio that just happens to be in your office, which is really kind of cool. If you're somebody that does a mm -hmm. lot of speaking, it might make sense to invest in creating a studio in your home. Um, I've also, mm -hmm. you know, had clients come to one of our studios that works really well too. So they literally just show up and can do what they do best and shine on stage. Um, okay. And the costs are, are better. Like they're, it's more cost effective to look at a virtual live event than it would be an in-person or a hybrid. So if you're watching your budget, I would really consider a virtual event um, versus an in-person. So in-person, you've got to take a look at finding a venue which we do a whole lot of negotiations and reaching out to sourcing venues for our clients and putting in special clauses with the hotels and making sure that we safeguard you. Um, but you've got food and beverage, you've got your hotel room block, you've got possible room rental, you've got, that's on your side. Not only that, you're flying your team in most likely to come and be on site with you. Your AV team's on site with you. And then your mm -hmm. attendees are spending a couple of thousand dollars to get to you. So now they're essentially losing some of that disposable income that they could utilize to invest in your program. So that's something else to think about. And then when it comes mm -hmm. to hybrid, you're essentially doing two events. You're doing a virtual live event and an in-person event combined together. So that is where you're going to see the largest budget. Um, I'm looking mm -hmm. at one right now, and, you know, it's we're, we're doing some big things. It's a big audience, but, you know, it's 400K for the budget mm -hmm. for a hybrid event, right? right? Okay. So versus, okay. like, um, I've got a different client that's just doing a, a virtual event. It's a three-day event, and those will range anywhere from, you know, 30, 40 to 75K. It's a big difference, mm -hmm. you know, in the numbers right. um, when you're looking at your budget. Now, granted, our, our clients also know their ROI. They know on the back end they're going to be making six figures or seven figures. You know, just a few mm -hmm. months ago, one of my clients made $2.1 million from her three-day okay. virtual live event. So mm -hmm. it, I have more questions for the event professional that's looking to host an event um, if I were to say a blanket across the board, I would say really consider a virtual live event um, first because it's going to be a little bit easier on your budget. Wow. Okay, that is awesome. So this, this next question, um, Shay, would be very, very profitable for our audience and our listeners, and it is why should an event include a business plan? Now, that's the first time we're <laughs> hearing that, so – that's the reason I'm coming to the expert for the X that right there. So that will be very profitable for the audience because perhaps maybe individuals may not know that this is a very important feature as to them uh, deciding to plan an event. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. The way that we look at events um, is it's a part of your business structure, right? So depending mm-hmm. on the phase of business that you're in, let's just say you're in phase two, this is the visibility phase. Um, you are Your goal is to increase your visibility. So you're going to be mm-hmm. utilizing platforms like the Facebook Live and Clubhouse Rooms and Instagrams, all the free platforms. You're going to want to be a guest on other people's stages. You're going to be on other people's Mm -hmm. webinars, other people's podcasts, other people's summits. And you're going to start sponsoring events. Versus if you were in phase three, which is the grow phase, this is where you're going to start creating your own events, your own stages, your own master classes, your own webinars, your own Mm -hmm. summits. Okay. Now, the reason we look at this as a part of your business plan is, as I was saying earlier, as you progress through the phases, you're not only, you know, getting proof of concept, you know what it is that your audience needs, wants, and requires, you know how to Mm -hmm. support them in gaining those results. You're getting them crazy awesome results and gaining those testimonials, and then you're essentially rinsing and repeating as you grow, and you're getting on bigger and bigger stages and getting more visibility, and you're growing your business. So we utilize events as a part of your business plan. Depending on where you're at in those phases, you're going to use different events. So, for instance, Mm -hmm. if you were looking to increase your list size and gain more visibility and you wanted to um, grow your email list, you would want to take a look at um, maybe hosting your own summit and interviewing some of your clients. Um, This is something Mm -hmm. that I'm actually doing. So even though I've got a, you know, multiple six-figure business, I still am doing things in phase three. Even though I'm in, okay. you know, phase five of my business, I'm still doing phase three type of events because every business requires an influx of leads. In order to do that, you host a summit. So I'm actually going to okay. be interviewing a number of my six and seven figure clients on how they utilize events to grow their business, right? And so I'm really super okay. excited mm-hmm. about it because they're from different groups, they're different niches, they support different people which is fantastic to see that it's not just one type of business that can utilize this. I've got clients that are in the health and wellness field. I've got clients that are in the financial sector. I've got clients in personal development. I've got clients in business. So it's across the gamut that you can utilize it. And the thing is taking a look at how events can support the business to help you grow, scale, and leverage what it is that you're doing. Okay, okay, that's fair enough. So what are some of the things that uh, the professional, any professional um, that is seeking to uh, plan an event, what are some of the things that they need to watch out for? Yeah, yeah. Um, they need to make sure that they are looking at their budget, honestly, right? Okay. Like, mm-hmm. let's, let's right. be realistic. Let's put pen to paper. Let's take a look at what are we doing? What is the intention behind the event? What is the outcome? What is the ROI? What are the costs going to be? They also mm-hmm. want to make sure that they aren't doing the throwing spaghetti at the wall, <laughs> that they're being very intentional <laughs> with their, their ticket sales, Right? So you want to, you know, mm-hmm. methodically go through what does that ticket map actually look like? 
And a lot of people are like, oh, I'm going to do an event. Let me go and get the hotel, and then, you know, I've got the space, and I've got the dates. I would say back up just a little bit. Let's make sure we know how to fill the room first, right? Let's have a game plan. And then we can go and take a look at, you know, the venue and the dates and all of those details. Um, Another mistake I see is people – they they go, oh, I'm going to teach all of this content, and then we're going to do this, and this is the exercise, and this is what the run of show is going to mm-hmm. be like, and then we're going to do a cooking school. And they're really excited about the delivery of the content, and what they're not thinking about is the offer strategy. So when we are developing our run of show or our agenda is we start with the end in mind, and we backtrack from there. So if we know we're looking to offer your six-month or year-long program, how does the event support leading people to that opportunity? The other mistake I see is um, they're looking to do it all on their own. Event hosts and professionals go, I got this. I'm I'm a woman (laughs) that I can wear multiple hats. And I I get it. Like, I, I feel I can wear multiple hats, too. And and I run events for a living, and yet I still have my team supporting me, especially like this upcoming summit that I'm doing, right? I've got teams supporting me in the behind the scenes because when I'm on stage or you as the event professional, the event host is on stage, your focus needs to be on the audience. It needs to be on the deliverable. It needs to be on the event promise. It needs to be – you know, really engaging with the, the audience and not worried about uh, is the link going to be dropped or are people getting into the room or is the food and beverage ready? Is the, the snacks ready to come out? You know, does this person have right. questions on how to, you know, use Facebook group? You know, like all of those things, mm-hmm. you should not be holding those details. You need a team to support you to hold those details. So those are just a couple of things that I see kind of major that uh, event hosts forget to think through when they're looking to plan and produce an event. Okay, that's awesome. That's awesome. So I've got a, we got one more question, and so this is a, probably one of the um, better questions, and this is, I guess, for you. Um, how has this been rewarding for you? What does, what What are some of the takeaways that you get out of it? You know, just like everyone gets a thrill out of perhaps if they are a nanny or somebody may get a thrill out of being uh, a marketing uh, uh, chief marketing officer or financial officer or something like that. So with your profession, what does this do for you where you can be able to help other people grow, you can leave the room, I've helped this this, uh, professional to be able to monetize, I've done my job, what does that do for you, for Shay? Yeah, yeah. So – I love events. So when I'm in the room with my clients, and whether it's a virtual live event or it's an in-person or a hybrid, um, Mm -hmm. I love seeing the people enter the room on day one. And you can tell with the look on their face going, "Uh, am I in the right spot? Is this really going to help me? Um, I don't know what to expect, what's going to happen over the next few days. And then watching them transform into day two and day three, or if it's a one-day event, you Mm -hmm. know, just transform with it even in the day 
to the point where mm-hmm. they're, you know, kind of closed off in the beginning to high-fiving people and hugging people and really seeing that the audience and the group that we've curated is people mm-hmm. just like them, right, that they are right. not alone and that they have brothers and sisters out there in the world that they didn't even know existed and now can <laughs> potentially have lifelong friends, you know, mm-hmm. going forward. Mm-hmm. I love seeing mm-hmm. the transformation from people that have been to our events okay. before and have come back and are now on stage talking about the success that they've had because they invested in themselves in order to, you mm-hmm. know, go, this is my coach and this is what they helped me do. I love, like, if I were to just host events myself for my own business, and let's say I wasn't in event production, I would only be able to do two, four events a year. But by doing the work that I do now, I can help multiple clients throughout the year. And so me personally, let's say I'm producing 10 or 12 events, and then my team is also producing 10 or 12 events. That means we're really um, affecting and creating a ripple effect out there in the world of changing Mm -hmm. hundreds of thousands of people's lives. You know, through my clients, Mm -hmm. we've supported our clients in generating over 3,500 new clients in their business, and we've reached over 16,000 attendees. That's why I get up every day. Wow. Okay. That's an impact. <laughs> yes. That's what I'm that, talking about. That is, a, <laughs> yes, that is an impact. Yes, ma'am. I would be glad to get up like 12 o'clock. I wouldn't have to worry about getting up at 6. I would get up at 12 o'clock that night. Okay. I'm ready for the next crew. I'm ready for the next <laughs> audience. Wow. That is awesome. <laughs> I would get up, have yeah, my coffee already so ready, everything set it out, ready ready to go and what have you. The children would have to even get up early. <laughs> To be able to get this charge off. That's a charge. I'm serious. Positive (laughs) energy is what I'm actually trying to say. That's a charge right there. (laughs) You got it. You um, know. You know. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. I like that because my thing is it's one thing to have a certified coach in in anything, but you have to the coach has to be able to get something out of it themselves, not just to be able to deliver, but to be able to get something out of it. What am I doing? Mm-hmm. How is this making an impact on me or a value to me? So I can put this value perhaps maybe on my children or someone in the family that may be coming behind me or something like that. It's it's very important to make sure that it's bringing some sort of value to the person as well. And I like that because if you can be able to sit back and you can be able to monitor all of these things, how the people's facial expression, the body language when they enter into, uh, you know, into the room, and then it, it also, it, it, I mean, then the next day it just transforms. Okay, I'm in the right classroom. The first day I didn't know. I was kind of undecided. But now I do know that I'm in, I'm in the right classroom. So let's get to going. Give yep. me my peers. Give me my paper so let me get ready to listen so I, I did say it was one more question I think we got about two more minutes left so this also includes TEDx uh, speakers as well you are uh, you also plan for these types of speakers as well as far as um, event planning as well is that correct yeah speakers coaches experts thought leaders absolutely we support them 
Perfect, perfect. Okay, so with the last question, we want you to be able to, of course, share with how the audience can be able to connect with you, network with you, follow you. You can be able to share um, any websites, um, any um, even even any books that you have published or any upcoming uh, master classes that you are sponsoring uh, for the public. You can be able to share that at this time. Oh, beautiful. Yeah, so I think I, I mentioned a little bit earlier today the five phases of event leverage. So if you want to see what mm-hmm. phase you are in, head to fivephases.info forward slash rock, R-O-C-K. And that's spelling out the word five, F-I-V-E phases.info forward slash rock. You can also find us everywhere on social media under graceandeaseproductions.com or graceandeaseproductions on all social media. We do host um, summits and master classes. So come learn from us. We'll see you soon. Okay, perfect. Shay, thank you so much for hanging out with us in the studio today, giving us all of this information, tools and resources of how to do corporate. This is just not a regular event planning type of entity. This is corporate planning, event planning. And so we thank you so much for being with us on the studio in the studio today. And of course, you all meet us right back here on Thursday. We'll be back in the studio um, um, on Women Who Rock With Success Media. You can go to our website and you can learn more and more about our guests and of course about the uh, podcast as well. So thank you once again, Shay. And everyone, we'll see you on Thursday. Have an amazing day. With Panera's You Pick 2, every meal is made fantastic. You can be fresh and fun, bold and classic, cozy and precocious. With 465 fresh, clean, craveable pairings, find a You Pick 2 for any mood. Enjoy a $1 delivery fee when you order on our app.